Hello and welcome to Among the Workers, a podcast by the Scottish Trades Union Congress. I'm Karina Liptrot and today we're going to talk about the care sector. Joining me is Cathy Russell, who's a rep in the GMB. Hi Cathy. Hi. Hi. Would you like to tell me a bit about your role within the care sector? Yes, um, I've worked in the care sector for many years. Um, started as a care assistant myself and worked my way up um, and I'm now a staff nurse. Um, started my union rep training at the start of the year, so now I'm involved in a lot of kind of goings on with the union kind of side of it as well. And could you tell me a bit more about your role as a nurse in the care homes? Yeah, um, kind of um, taking care of residents day to day, administering medications and um, documentation, risk assessments. Um, it's quite a busy, busy day, day to day in a care home. Um, got a lot of responsibility for the residents and the staff as well. What kind of strain are the workers in the care sector under right now? They are chronically underfunded, um, understaffed. Um, from day to day, we've got um, low staff in, in the care homes. We've got a high turnover of agency use. Um, at points, we, we do have um, agency that are not as qualified to work in that sector. We've got low staff morale across all the care homes of people leaving to work in retail and, and stuff, just solely for the fact it's more money. Mm. And it's it's getting hard on the staff that they're kind of maybe working two, three times the job of the one person. How long are the shifts that the staff are working? Because it sounds like it could be quite a big health and safety issue as well. Yep, 12-hour shifts, um, day shifts and night shifts. So it's a long, long day. Got a lot of residents with complex needs now that are coming out hospital into care homes um, who have a lot of health issues. Is it quite common to work overtime as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, staff do work overtime, um, but again, no rewarded for that either. How are the agency staff treated compared to the the permanent staff? Do they have different? benefits or pay? Agency staff do have more pay, a considerable amount of more pay. You would think companies would, care providers would like to give that to their own staff rather than, than giving it to, paying it out to agency. Um, it's quite a considerable amount of money that they're paying to, to agency. It seems quite common that people will leave the sector to go for a different job, a bit better paid job, sometimes abroad. Why do you think people are leaving in their droves for better jobs? People are leaving because they're not getting enough pay. The pay that the care home providers are are paying doesn't match the current cost of living. They're leaving to go to work in retail or supermarkets where there is a high, a, a more comp- competitive salary. Um, the job that the care workers do, I mean, they're, they're responsible to kind of professional bodies. Um, they need to pay fees every year to be on a register. Um, so they're quite accountable for the work that they do in the care homes. And the current, um, the current rate of pay 
doesn't match that responsibility that they've got. Um, they're worth a lot more than what the care home providers do do give them. What's the role of the unions in the care homes? I know there's the main ones are GMB, Unite and Unison. So how do the unions help the workers? The unions have been in and they have been putting forward pay claims um, to try and get the care home providers to obviously recognise the staff and to give a fair, fair rate of pay. And we have, we have had pay claims submitted, but it's trying to get the care home providers kind of across Scotland to kind of recognise the duties that these workers do, like care workers and salary. Um, care homes wouldn't be able to, to run without these guys. It sounds like the staff are desperate for a very well earned and much deserved pay rise. What other key issues would you like to be addressed in the sector? Just really about about their pay, um, flexible working conditions. You've got a lot of as a few kind of female dog uh, dominated um, area of working, and a lot of our workers. Um, our mothers, fathers, um, they need a lot of kind of flexible working um, at times. Obviously, childcare issues and stuff like that. Can kind of the government to kind of look at more to to help staff that's in that field who are working twelve-hour shifts? Kind of more options to those to those people. Really, you've kind of you've got um, kind of childcare. Um, establishments are maybe only open from kind of eight to six. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a twelve-hour shift, I mean, it's it's really hard for those workers to kind of to deal with that. We need to be able to retain the staff that we have. The staff that are in these jobs have been in it for many many years, and we need to offer a competitive and a desirable rate of pay to these staff to encourage them to apply to the jobs. Um, I mean, we've got people leaving in jobs, the droves between the private sector and the NHS, and we need to have a, compa- a competitive pay rate to, to entice them to come to work in the private sector and to to make them stay within, with, within that role. I was reading a story about a care home worker who left the industry to become a lorry driver because that was better paid and better conditions. And when you think about how many skilled workers, because it takes a certain person to go into a care home and work these long shifts and it's, it's sickening that all these people are leaving and there's such an easy solution for it. You just need to pay them better and treat them better and they'll stay and they'll thrive. Yeah. Yep, and these people, these people are in the the job because they care for the residents. They love looking after the residents, assisting them with all different kinds of needs, um, whether that be washing, dressing, assisting somebody with food. Um, a lot of residents require maximum assistance day to day, so it is a, a hard and demanding job. But these staff aren't just in there. For the money, because it's not the money's not that is not there. Um, they're there because they care, and they need to be recognised for the role that they do. They do play within the, the private care sector. 
Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for coming in to talk to us about this. I really appreciate you telling us your own story and fighting for the corner of all these workers. Thank you. I'm now joined by my colleague Denise Christie from the STUC, who is a Fair Work Leadership and Equalities Officer. Welcome, Denise. Thank you. Would you like to tell us a bit about your role within the STUC and what your job entails? Sure. So um, as part of the Scottish Government's campaign for a Fair Work Nation by 2025, um, I support STUC affiliates um, with a variety of activities round about uh, fair work. And I know that you were steering the Fair Care for Scotland campaign. Would you like to tell us exactly what that campaign is and how the unions are involved in it? Sure. So this campaign uh, was on the back of the Scottish Government's National Care Service Bill. Um, the unions involved are Unison, Unite and GMB, who all have members working within the social care sector. Uh, the campaign itself, um, we initially campaigned for the bill to be paused for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, it didn't have it had profiteering within the bill. For private organisations, it wasn't paying the workers appropriate wage. It didn't have sectoral collective bargaining for for trade unions, etc. So there was a huge campaign um, by the movement to get that paused, which was successful. So so part of that campaign, um, we need to make sure that our workers and the activists within the sector um, are organised and are skilled up. So the Fair Work Leadership and Equalities Project agreed funding for a joint uh, weekend school with Unison Unite and GMB activists and reps within the care sector. And that was the Fair Care for Scotland weekend school that happened at the end of June this year. We had 21 reps from the three unions who embarked on uh, a three-day weekend school that gave them the knowledge and the skills to challenge unfair work within the workplaces. we did skills on media so they can speak to you know the media uh, around the, the challenges within the sector. We um, you know we skilled them up on negotiation uh, skills as well so they can go to their employer and campaign and negotiate for better pay terms and conditions. Uh, and they've now um, applied for a further grant uh, for another school, follow-up school which is great uh, that a lot of people are really, really keen to get involved and in, in get involved in activism and the learning. That was successful and we're looking forward to holding another school uh, at the end of this year. That all sounds absolutely wonderful. We actually have a clip from Stacey Doherty, who's a GMB member who attended the weekend school. I love the fact that it's Unite, Unison and GMB and we're all coming together. Um, so there's multi-unions out there fighting for the cause. Um, and it's solidarity within us all, and that's what we can do going forward for health and social care. I work within health and social care, so I'm really passionate about this, and all I want to say is solidarity. Okay, as uh, Stacey said, I think the school is a a fantastic example of unions coming together, um, really enhancing their resources um, to make sure that, you know, the campaign round about the National Care Service, the campaign round about making sure there's fair care for workers and those accessing care in Scotland um, can be as best as it can be. Uh, you've heard there, you know, she talked about it was great to, to work with reps and activists within Unison Unite and GMB 
um, and the, the school was, was hugely successful. I'm delighted to hear that. So we know that stage one of the National Care Service Bill has been postponed to the end of January next year. How have the unions come together to input into this bill? It's, it's been, you know, the campaign from the unions that's actually got the bill paused in the first place. You know, there's been a, a variety of demos at the Parliament. There's been mobilising, you know, of their members and their activists to write to a variety of politicians. Unions have gave evidence um, at specific committees as well about, you know, how the bill is absolutely not, you know, not fit for purpose. They've asked for a pause. Um, they've got a pause and they've been involved in further discussions with Scottish Government um, to make sure that the demands of the workers that are involved in the sector are, are adhered to. Yeah, so you can actually read the letter that was sent to the First Minister and other associated news and events on the Fair Care for Scotland website, which is www.fair-care-scotland.com. Or you could look up Fair Care Scotland in a search engine and it's the first thing that comes up. Also on that website, you will see a very short video of the Fair Care for Scotland weekend with Unison Unite and GMB reps. Um, just a very short two-minute video and a little article about that. So again, it's a great example of the three unions um, coming together to do some joint campaigning. Fabulous. Just going back to the National Care Service Bill, you mentioned how in its current form it's not ideal because it promotes profiteering. What suggestions do you have or the unions have how, on how to keep it ethical and to avoid profiteering? Well, last year the SDUC commissioned a report to look at profiteering within the National Care Service. You can find it on the SDUC website. And it clearly shows... Um, that public money that's going into the care within Scotland is being siphoned out to offshore tax accounts, you know, within the Cayman Islands, etc. Um, and it also shows the impact of profiteering within care. So, for example, workers within private care organisations get paid less than workers within local government organisations. There's higher level of complaints within private care sector than there is within the public care sector. Mm -hmm. um, we're seeing less workers uh, within the private care sector than there are within the public care sector. Uh, and there's one reason is for that, basically, because profit always comes first with these organisations. So there has been some uh, research done. We've sent that research to the Scottish Government and I know that care affiliates are, are using that as evidence to campaign to make sure that profit is taken out of this bill um, going forward. Care is so expensive, social care and childcare is so expensive, yet the workers, the people who are actually looking after these often vulnerable people are getting paid a pittance, so the money has to be going somewhere. And if it's going to the Cayman Islands, it's not even contributing towards UK taxes. No, you're, you're absolutely right there, Karina. It's absolutely disgusting, you know, that money's been taken out of care to profit, um, to line the pockets of big businesses mm -hmm. uh, and executives. Um, this is a part of the bill that, you know, unions have been campaigning on quite, quite heavily. Uh, the demand for workers to have £15 an hour 
um, they said it can't be achievable. Well, it can mm-hmm. if the profit was taken out of care. They're talking about the lack of workers coming into the sector, the recruitment and the retention of care sector workers being a challenge. Well, it's not a challenge if you give them the decent amount of pay that they deserve, the correct terms and conditions, the correct career and training pathways as well. Those cost money and those come out of the pockets of these profiteers. So bring it back into public ownership and that's when you'll you'll see the workforce being truly valued. Well said, Denise. If you'd like to read our report, Profiting from Care, it's on the STC website and on the Fair Care for Scotland website. Um, Thank you so much for taking time to speak to us, Denise. That was really interesting and you can hear the passion coming through from that. And let's just hope that the National Care Service Bill is fit for purpose when it does come out. Thanks for listening to Among the Workers, a podcast by the Scottish Trades Union Congress. To find out more about the STUC, visit our social media channels where our username is at ScottishTUC.